Last week, Val Cole gave our personal affirmation of faith following the sermon as she spoke about what the neighborhood church means to her and her family. And many of us were moved to tears as she shared from the depth of her experience and from her heart and what this place has meant to her and how God has been a part of their family and their faith development over the years. Today, in just a little bit, Rick Potts is going to share uh, in that same time slot following the sermon, so I'm just giving you uh, a heads up about that. And Rick is just back from um, some travels and has been under the weather, so I'm really grateful that Rick is here this morning to be with us. Um, And last week was Reformation Sunday, and I mentioned that um, one of the things that came out of the Reformation was a phrase that has been very much at the heart of who we are as a people of the United Church of Christ, and that is the priesthood of all believers. We don't talk about priests in our tradition, but what that phrase, the priesthood of all believers, means is that all of us are ministers, that all of us are called by God to be actively engaged in the ministry and the work of the church and of the call of God in all of our lives. Clergy are no different and no more special than anyone else. We're just called to particular roles. But everybody has a role, and all the roles are important. They're just different. And that's how it is for us in the United Church of Christ as a recipient of the Reformation. Well, today is Stewardship Sunday. Today is the day when we talk about financial giving to support the work of this church and how God calls us to minister through this church to the world and to those around us, as well as to our own community of faith. So, I have a word to anyone who is visiting with us or to any of our guests. This sermon is not for you. You, If you want to leave now, you can. Um, Or if you want to listen in, you're welcome to. But this sermon is for those of us who are members of, of the neighborhood church, and as part of our membership, have taken on a responsibility to support financially the work of the church. We don't harp on this week after week, and we don't talk strongly. I mean, we have our offering, which is a weekly reminder that we need to give, but we don't hammer uh, to people about the need to give financially to the church week after week. But one Sunday a year, uh, it's important for us to reflect on the needs of the church, and more importantly, our need to give as Christian people. Now, so stewardship, let me me begin by saying that stewardship is more than money. And that's why I've been preaching the last few Sundays on uh, there's a place for you in ministry, there's a place for you in community today, there's a place for you in giving, and next week in gathering. Um, The traditional understanding of stewardship is... It's all of life, and it's time, talent, and treasure. It's it's all of life. It's everything. So stewardship is is about more than money. But it's not about less than money either. It's not like we get to have a menu and we can just say, okay, well, I'll just give of my time. No. No, we're called to give of everything, which is time, talent, and treasure. Our gifts, our uniqueness, our financial resources. And also, one of the most precious gifts, which is time. It's a limited gift. 
So we're here to talk about all those things this morning, um, but particularly how we give of ourselves financially. Now, I want to also start by saying that giving is not the same as paying. We pay our bills, we pay our utility bills, we pay our mortgage, our rent payments. We make payments, and we always get something in return. But when we give, we're giving in a different kind of way because we're not giving to the church or to God's work in the world to get something back. That's not the arrangement. If we get something back secondarily, great. But we get, if it's a gift, then it's given freely with no expectation of any goods or services in return. So it's important to make that distinction between giving and paying. Giving to the church is, is a way of just sharing ourselves with others as we do that. Now, generosity, the more generous you are, it's connected to trust and gratitude. And when trust and gratitude are in short supply, you can pretty much bet that generosity will be in short supply. Now, the first story, the story that was read from Luke. We remember, I I don't know about you, I remember hearing it as the story of the widow's might. You remember that? The widow's might. Okay? And when we hear that story at stewardship time or any time, we think, oh, isn't that a neat little biblical story? But it doesn't do much to inspire us to give. I mean, think about it. This hearing about this woman who goes up to the temple and gives everything she has and puts it in the plate, is that, has that, is that really affecting how you made out your pledge or are going to make out your pledge this year to the church? I kind of doubt it. But Jesus shared that story because he thought it was important for our understanding of giving. And we only have a couple of verses in Scripture to hear this story, but my guess is there was a lot more to it. So I'm going to ask you to put on your imagination caps and join me as we think a little bit more about what was really going on in the life of that widow. So here we go. We're going to give her a name, Sarah. Sarah was born in a good Jewish family, and when she became of age, she was married. We're going to give her husband a name, Samson. We'll call him Sam for short. So Sam and Sarah get married, and they're blessed with two daughters. And Sarah, like any mother, loves her children so much. They are almost everything in her life. Sam is a, he's a masonry worker, and he's off to work every day providing for his family. But her daughters are everything, and then they become of age, and they go off and are married. And one day while Sam is working in the heat, he has a stroke and dies. And all of a sudden, Sarah's world comes unglued. She doesn't know how she's going to make it. All of a sudden, everything she took for granted, her life with her husband, gone. Completely gone. 
And here she is feeling alone and devastated. Now that's something we can identify with when we stop and think about it. So here's Sarah, all alone. We don't know how much time has passed from the time Sam died, but we'll presume it's a little while, but maybe not a lot of time. And, and keep in mind, Sarah didn't have a 401k. All right? And without Sam there to provide for her, she didn't have much. And so she depended on her family and her friends and those in her faith community to help take care of her. She didn't need a lot to live on, just a little bit. And every week, people would cobble a little bit together to help her get by. And one day, Jesus happened to see this woman, this Sarah, walk up and take everything that had been given to her for that week and put it in the, in the treasury. Give it as an offering. And why, why would Sarah have done that? She, she came to the temple, which had always been her custom, but this time she came without Sam. She came alone, but... But somehow, strangely, as she came, his presence was, was with her. And instead of just feeling sad and alone, in that moment, she remembered. And she was grateful. She was grateful for the life she had had with her husband. And she trusted in God. She had to trust in others to get by. She didn't trust in some retirement account or some savings account. She trusted in God. And it was out of her trust and her gratitude that she just gave it all for that week. It's like when we open our purse or our wallet and we're at some place where an offering's being taken, maybe a music concert or someplace, and we shuffle through maybe a $100 bill and some 20s and 10s and 5s and 1s, and, and we pull out a 20 and we put it in. She just took it all and she just put it in. What was there, she just gave it. Because it was out of her trust and her gratitude and recognizing that all life comes from God and all life returns to God. She gave of herself. You see, there's a place for you in giving. And I think we're called to give proportionately. I, I don't think we're called to all go drain our savings accounts and, and give our 401ks or whatever retirement funds we have and give it all. I don't think that's the point. But there is something about generosity here. Big generosity. This year, the stewardship campaign is asking us all to prayerfully consider what we can do to help and support the ministries of the church. And we're, we're hoping to have a 10% overall increase. That's huge. That's huge. Because my experience, and I've been doing this for a long time, is every single person who gives a pledge to the church is not going to give a 10% increase. It just doesn't work that way. There are some people who decrease their pledges, and there are some people who stay flat. 
And so it requires some people who can do more than 10% to do more than 10%. But what we're asking for this year is for everyone to consider what you can do. No pressure. Not trying to tell anybody you have to give 10% more or you have to give X number of dollars. That's not the point. But if we're going to do more and be more to provide a channel for God's work in the world through the ministry of this church, it's going to require more resources. And we want to be able to do that with joy and commitment to our church family, but also beyond the walls of the church. And so it's going to take all of us pulling together. So we simply ask that you prayerfully consider what you can do to think about all these things and then let your own heart lead you to where you want to give to the work and ministry of the neighborhood church. But we need to rise to the challenge, if at all possible, because to give is to live. And when you think about that spiritual principle, that to give is to live, think about sometime when you've helped someone, not in your own family and not even a close friend, because it's, that's the kind of thing we just naturally do. And Jesus even said that the, the, you know, the sinners and thieves, they take care of each other. You I mean, think about the Godfather. Okay? But, but when you did something for somebody who didn't have a close connection to you or your family but was in real need, and you did something, you gave of yourself, to help. Think back on that experience if that's happened to you and, and think about how you felt because my guess is you realize that the more you give, the more you live. The more you give, the more you live. This church is a force for good. This church is truly a force for good to give is to live in every way. And I think the same is true of our financial giving. Financially supporting the work of the church is one of the most spiritual things you can do. I know that sounds funny, but it's true. If you want to give spiritually, give financially. If you wish, if you, wish you were more concerned about, about God's work in the world, Put your money there and the interest will follow. Put your money there and the interest will follow. Paul. Paul, in our second text, said that we're called to support the weak. Well, how do we do that? We do it when we reach out to somebody in need and we do it through our financial giving and our mission outreach and are extending ourselves for God's work in the world. We are called to support the weak. And then as he quotes Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I bet you've heard those words at most stewardship times. Right? It's more blessed to give and kind of pass it off. Oh, yes, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's true. It's really true. The more you give, the more you receive. We don't give to get. It's just, it just follows. The more you give, the more you will receive. The more you'll receive in the way of joy, that joy I talked about at the beginning. When you give 
and see that God's people in need are being helped, whether it's in our own church community or those around us or those in some other part of the world. You can have joy to know that you are fulfilling God's call to share and to be stewards of God's creation. And there is joy in that. But, you know, giving like that is counter to everything we have in the world because so much in the world tells us to get, to receive, to accumulate, to have, and to hold. This is counter to that. So my hope, no, my expectation, is that we will all give. And for those who haven't pledged in the past, we hope you will pledge this coming year for the work and ministry of the church in 2017. Hopefully you've all received pledge cards. You've either filled them out or you're going to fill them out. We're hoping you'll bring them next Sunday for our in-gathering Sunday when we can dedicate and celebrate all that as part of our life together in the church, as part of our in-gathering and Harvest Sunday. But it's my hope you'll do something as you are led by God to do. I've I've learned I, I can't make anybody do it. And that's not my role. I can't make you give I can't make you fill out a pledge card. I can't make you increase if that's how you feel led to be. That's between you and God. I just want to stress and urge and encourage you to prayerfully consider what that might be. How God is moving in your heart to give so that we can all live more fully as God's children. So with uh, credit to um, Bernstein and Sondheim, maybe apologies, (laughs) I've written words for the neighborhood church to that song, and if you'll bear with me, I'm going to try to sing it right now. There's a place for you. A warm, friendly place for you. Acceptance and grace, family and friends, there for you. There's a place for you. New life, new meaning for you. Take Christ's hand and he'll welcome you there. Know his love, a new life we'll share. Open arms, gifts to share for you. There's a place for you. A warm, friendly place for you. A place where light always shines for you. Together we'll be there for you. Open arms, gifts to share for you. No, 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 no. To give more is to be more. 
And to give less is to be less. Friends, truly there is a place for you and for you and for you and for you and for me in giving. Okay, Richard.